Season 3, Chapter 49, Fire Walk With Me. Betty takes matters into her own hands when she learns that the farm has set their sights on someone in her inner circle. This was a interesting episode. Dark, spooky, mm-hmm. maybe didn't live up to its namesake, but no. it did an okay job. I mean, they set fire to a thing. Well, that is true. There is a fire walk. <laughs> so from a punny place, sure, but... The Twin Peaks reference, not so much. You know, I found there was one actor who really embodied that vibe. I wonder who that was. Oh, the first one we meet in the first five seconds of this episode? The one who, you know, actually acted on that show and the movie and everything? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. All right, but before we get into that, we have to recap the recap. Veronica burned the drugs. Hiram wants his money. So does Gladys Jones. Cheryl started a gang for Tony. Then Tony stared Cheryl down. The serpents are starting to dwindle. Then they make an offer to the gargoyles. Archie got a brand. Joaquin got killed. Gladys recruited the gargoyles. Kevin's in a cult. The farmies drowned Alice. And now she's ascending? So we start this episode with a very Twilight zone David Lynch style zoom into the Cooper house where Alice Smith is a realtor. For sale by owner. Potato, potato. And Jughead real estate listings. Yeah, so they're selling the house, she's showing it off, and Betty's just like, hi! Oh, that's also where my serial killer father showed us creepy snuff films. Oh, in the fireplace, it comes with fun accessories, like the shovel my mother used to knock out my father. Oh, you can Google it. Make sure you look it up under Alice Cooper. It's all there. Or try Murder House on Elm Street. It's this house! Oh, it's peak bitchy Betty with fuck you face. Lily had so much fun doing that. You can see it all over her face. Also, I love the Elm Street reference. (laughs) It's very, very cute. We go to Archie's boxing at the gym. Don't they got a gym at your school, Archie? Yeah. Mo, the the owner-operator dude, is just like, you need to pay dues. And Archie's just kind of like, eh. And it's like, okay, okay, just clean up the place. Take the trash out and lock it up. Oh, look, he's turning into Rocky. A little bit. But, you know, okay, that's a normal 16-year-old type thing to be doing, so fine. We go to the Serpents and Sword room at school. There are serpents in there, and then the farmies come in, and then the poisons come in. And, like, there's it's a turf war over this fucking room. The farmies are trying to be cool, and it's just like, we have it reserved. And then Cheryl's like, the third Wednesday of every month is reserved for monthly student council LGBTQIA meetings. And, you know, when Evelyn tries to, like, rebut this, Cheryl's just like, if this were the 18th century, I'd have you beheaded. Ugh. And, like... She does call her daughter of Manson, which is very, very good. That's fair and appropriate. I appreciate that reference. And Kurtz is just like, hey, bitches, we're in the middle of a quest here. He goes full Robocop with it, bitches. I love it. <laughs> Go crawl back to the freak show from whence you came, you abomination. Which, okay, it's funny for her to yell at him. But using the word abomination from Cheryl is fucked up. Well, Cheryl is fucked up. Oh, true. But again, this is where it's just like, writers don't know how to do this. No, they don't. They don't know how to do this one. And it's just making me mad. So we go to the hallway and Jughead and Tony are kind of like walking through. And they're not talking and they're not together. But they hear this kerfuffle. <laughs> they're like, hey, what's going on? A dude runs up to Jughead's like, the gargoyles are mixing it up with the poison in the farmies. And like as Jughead and Tony, they look at each other and they start running. What is this? A Roger Corman movie? 
You didn't earn it. No, you didn't earn it. I hate it. Cut directly to Weatherby's office. What the fuck is up with his collar? What the fuck is up with Weatherby? <sighs> I don't know anything about his collar, but good God. He's got those Western, I don't even know what they're called, uh, tips, metal tips on the ends of his collar. And I was like, where did this come from? This is new. But he basically just says, y'all are the leader of the gangs. One more thing and y'all are out. Oh, yeah, someone robbed the chemistry lab and they robbed the stuff that you make drugs with. Why is he so intense? Because it's school. Chill. It's the, about drugs. Chill the fuck out, dude. Yeah, this is just like... Take wh- a Xanax, please. Everyone in this town needs pot or Xanax. One of the two. I don't know. In this world, pot probably turns you into Kurtz. Probably. And we head on over to Le Bonnui, and Gladys is getting sauced with uh-huh. her serpent friends. Hiram is entertaining people. And comping his own drinks. Yeah, and like Veronica's kind of like, that's a huge bill. And Hiram's just like, you owe me a huge debt. So again, this is comped, and he leaves, and they're all being asshats. The guys who are with Gladys knock over a table. A bunch of stuff crashes. And Reggie's kind of like, oh, and Veronica's like, Reggie, man, the bar. And later, when it's just the two of them, Veronica's just like, how did I get here? Oh, I have an idea. Oh, oh, what? Because you're fucking high school kids running an illegal bar, you doofuses. Oh, yeah, that's how. (laughs) Like, this is the part of this episode, the logic is really straining credulity with them. I'm sorry, we're, we're having problems with credibility? Up until now, Veronica's character has been the one in situations which are the most believable. (laughs) Fuck no. Not even close. Betty's been the more believable one. Veronica's so fucking stupid. It's not even funny. Like, not to say that Betty isn't stupid, too, but, like, this mob, 17-year-old mobster crap is total bullshit. Oh, I forgot about the mobster shit. Like, all of this shit is stupid, but... Veronica's just like, okay, I don't have any leverage over these two people and they're gonna, they're gonna, they're taking any money that we would be making. So they decide they're gonna open a casino. Why? Because they're already running a secret speakeasy, so why not? This was just, I don't know if it just caught me that way in the moment, but this really felt like a jump the shark shit of, really? We're really gonna go there? I think we jumped the shark at the bear attack. Well, that's very true. But there's still some stuff happening that I like, so like I'm not willing to get divorced yet. It's so hard. It's so hard it's not to hate just, this show. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard. We go back to the gym. It's late at night. Archie sweeps alone at night. But he's hearing some noises, and then Josie shows up, and you know they they decide, okay, let's go get something that pops in a little bit. But they keep hearing noises, so they go investigate this closet, and they open the door, and there's a kid playing with a lighter. His name is Ricky. And they take him to Pops to get some food. Okay, cool. I do love the uh, Archie immediately goes to walk to the closet and Josie makes a, for real? What? What the fuck are you doing? What are we doing? It's great. It's a great face. So we go to Pops. We're eating. They're kind of asking him, you know, who, you know, do you have any family? No. How long have you been here? A few weeks. And Josie says, you know, maybe we should call Betty. She knows people at social services, which is a good suggestion. Kid starts to take off. Archie runs after him. And we come to find out that he ran away from a shelter because they branded him. And he shows his arm. It's the same brand that Archie got. 
Riverdale. We head on over to the Andrews garage uh, <laughs> and Archie's putting this kid to bed, you know, heater, extra blankets, food in the fridge. Ricky's like, are you going to tell your parents? Archie says, you know, it's just me and my dad. This is kind of my place, so you won't see him. But tomorrow, I'll take you to Pops. And after school, I'll take you to the gym and teach you some moves. Which, again, like, this isn't the best plan, but it is a, I am meeting your immediate needs. You need food and shelter and a plan for tomorrow. This is okay. No, this is absolutely fine. It isn't perfect by any means, but this is normal This is behavior. sweet Archie. Especially when he knows the symbol, he knows yeah. the abuse situation, so he's wary of just flat out calling social services about the kid. Well, this is just sweet, I'm going to take care of people, Archie, that yes. we know and love. So that's great. Ricky's just like, just swear you won't call social services. And Archie's like, yeah, of course. We go over to Cheryl's bedroom, and she's like getting ready for you know the evening. And she's like, you know, what's going on with you, TT? Has my beauty rendered you silent? Or are you still in a mood about your sit down with Weatherby? I wish my eye rolls could be heard over audio. It is so bad. They keep making it worse. Tony says, yeah, I am pissed. And Cheryl tries to defend herself with like, I had that classroom reserved as student body president. And we get this cute little exchange. Babe, you wear many hats, stunningly, <laughs> which is also like gross. It's funny, but gross. It's the one good Cheryl moment there. Mm-hmm. But Tony says like, look, when you put on the jacket, you represent our gang. And now Weatherby's out for our blood. And I don't want to have to suspend anybody for loose cannon behavior, least of all my own girlfriend. Now, great on Tony. Like, look, that went too far. It's not okay. You got us in trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't want to make it a thing. She's leading her gang. Yeah, she's just being honest. But Cheryl turns around and does what Blossoms do. That would make hosting Pretty Poisons meetings at my house incredibly awkward, don't you think? Unless you have another headquarters in mind. With a pool, the girls can't wait for summer. And then she just turns around because that is the end of the conversation. Okay, I'm actually okay with this because this is full heel turn. I, I mean, know we're not quite there yet. I mean, it is a heel turn. It doesn't change the fact that Cheryl is being a manipulative cunt. That's true. There's there's no difference. It's all about power with her. And and that's true. My thing is, okay, if you're going to do it, just do it already. Yeah. Because otherwise, you are putting her in this in-between space where she is just frustrating. Well, it's just... You know, it's having your cake and eating it, too. And it's like, no, this isn't entertaining or interesting. And actually, it makes Tony look weak. Mm-hmm. And Tony should be the biggest badass chick we've ever met. I think we're getting there very, very soon. But yeah, we are. But I just again, I hate this is like really bad character assassination. And then like you're going to end up breaking up your lesbian couple, which everybody loves. But like you didn't even get like we didn't even get to have them be cute and adorable for a while. They just went from, oh, and they're evil. What? They're stupid. Now they're this is bad. We had like two seconds of cute or hot. So we're heading over to the doghouse. Hey. And the core force together. Oh, like five minutes. Finally. Betty tells the group. Yeah, my mom's still trying to sell the house, but I'm going to sabotage her. I just keep telling people that it's a death house. And then Kevin enters with the farmies and they all make these 
holier-than-thou judgmental faces. Betty just waves at him. And Archie's like, what is up with Kev? The farm, Arch. They got him. Up next, my house. And everyone offers Betty can stay with them. You know, the Pembroke, the trailer, Archie's house. Very sweet. Archie's just like, yeah, you can come by too. I've already got a homeless kid named Ricky. He was in a group home. Now he's squatting. I found him. And Jughead goes, yeah, that sounds like me sophomore year. Nice callback. Mm -hmm. They're doing a better job this half of the season with doing callbacks to shit we've already known in the season. So they get credit for that. I enjoy those moments. So like they, they talk about what's going on. Betty says, maybe we should call Miss Weiss. We know her and she'll find him a good family. And Archie says, yeah, give me her number. Again, Archie's making the correct decision. It's like he learned something. Because he's dating Josie. She's a good influence on him. We go back to the hallway. Betty goes up to Kevin and uh, Casey Cott got a haircut and a dye job between last episode and this one. I hate this. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. She asks if we can talk. Depends. What about Betty? Well, we haven't checked in. God, you are so transparent. Uh, And like Kevin's just so antagonistic towards her. Now, Betty is transparent and she, of course, always has an artillery of motive. But she's trying to be nice and he's not even bothering. Because he's been brainwashed. And so Betty says, like, I don't want to see you disappear down the same rabbit hole my mom did because she's gone. She's selling her house. And Kev's just like, back off, Betty. You're a detractor. Ew. Creepy. You're in a cult. You're in a cult. So it's Serpents and Swords time. We're in the classroom. Jughead's asking about the chemistry lab. And like, Kurtz, I know it was you. And he spouts off. Just thinking of how looting the alchemist's lair was one of our more rewarding quests. Okay, they've made it a G&G game. Weatherby's on them, so, like, they're fucked. And Kirsch is like, you promised us immunity. Jughead says, well, you're going to skirt the law. I can't give you immunity. So you're going to return the equipment. No, and now Fangs, like, Fangs is so intense with his hatred towards Kurtz. It's both stupid And also adorable, because I love you, Drew Tanner. I just went, chill the fuck out, Fangs. (laughs) He's just so jacked up to hate these guys. I know. And it's entertaining, because his facial expressions are, his facial expressions are great. And so, like, they all start arguing and yelling, and Jughead's like, I think it's time our new members learned about our laws. Oh, God. Like, repeat after me, there's unity, there's strength. And I was just like, oh, Jughead, you're the sad teacher mom who can't get the kids to settle down. Like, that's who you are in this moment. Because Kurtz just turns the tables right on top of him. And he's just like, we outnumber you. You need us more than we need you. So you better come up with something better to offer us before we throw you out of the gang. And he takes off with some of the other guys. And he's not wrong. He's not. I really dig Kurtz. I hate his name. I hate his name. And of course, like, I, I had posited, ooh, he's he's the real Charles. Well, he's too young to be Charles. Oh, That's yeah. fine. It was a fun thought experiment in my head. But I feel like, I don't know, I think it would be cool if he's connected to somebody somehow and that we just don't know yet. All I know is Kurtz is this really interesting agent of chaos, and it's a lot due to the actors playing him. He's doing a great job. He's really, really good at being snaky mm-hmm. and serpentine and also fully committed to this dark, dark business that he's doing. And, and I do like what they're doing with him i think they've written him well please keep him around because he's a really good foil for jughead for jughead yes 
we head on over to Le Bon Nuit. And Veronica is having orientation for her new waiters. So they have tricked out. They've got a bunch of casino games. Now, this is stupid, but I do like the cute and keeping with the style and theme of Le Bon Nuit. All of the concealing the casino games and the walls and the chairs. It's cute and playful. And it's a little of like, haha, we're going to get one over on the grownups. But this is... This is where, and again, I know, it, it must have just been how it hit me in the moment. But I was like, who are all these fucking high school kids that know how to run casino games? Yeah. Who, who are these kids? They're in fucking high school. Yeah. And and also, here's my other thing. Josie's there, and she gave Archie shit for being willing to take money to throw a fight, but she's going to perform in an illegal speakeasy casino? She's not going to jail for it. They'll kick her out, but she wouldn't get hit. She could still get arrested. No, 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 no. She's just performing. We go over to Sheriff's office and hot Sheriff FP is uh, doing some work. Working hard. (laughs) He's so pretty. (laughs) I'm just really into how pretty everyone is this episode. It's working for me. It's a good day. (laughs) And so Jughead's just talking about all the nonsense. And Jughead's just kind of talking and talking. And FP's like... Yeah, yeah, I figured, you know, you got to figure this out. Like, yeah, your mom and her brilliant ideas. And Jughead says, you know, my problem with the new guys, the gargoyles, is that they have no honor and there's no sense of purpose. And I realized that neither do the serpents, which is kind of like no fucking Doug, Jughead. (sighs) So, you know, FP, you know, just reiterates, you know, you got to figure out what you can give the guys to that they can sink their teeth into. Like, you got to figure it out, kid. This is such gross, bad sons of anarchy writing. In a little bit, yeah. Archie goes over to Pops. He runs into Pop. And apparently some thugs came by and were harassing Ricky and he took off. But not before leaving his placemat that he was drawing on, which has got some weird sacrificial G&G shit on it. And this is where I turn and go, Archie, you dumb motherfucker. At that point, how did you not think this kid's fucking nuts? <laughs> because Archie's sweet and innocent and also dumb. And he should have talked to Betty. <laughs> right? He shows this to Betty, but he, Betty be looking at him like, this kid's psycho. <laughs> this is not okay. No. <laughs> so we get a scene of Betty. She's, you know, walking through the halls at school she comes across a classroom with a sign on it. You know, it says Farmy meeting in place. Please do not disturb. So she lifts it up so she can see through the door. And when she looks inside, she sees Kevin and he's got his hand over a Bunsen burner and he's letting it burn his hand. And then she looks in the classroom and she can see there's a bunch of kids doing the same thing. And we see Evelyn smiling, very evil like, like a cult person would do. This was very Twin Peaks and I enjoyed it. That was nice. When we go back to Pops, and this time it's Miss Weiss and some dude making a picture and Betty and Archie, and they're talking to her about what's going on. They talk about the brand, and Miss Weiss says, yeah, that's becoming more and more common. You know, G&G may not be in the news anymore, but it's everywhere else. And they're like, okay, we'll make some calls, see if we can figure out who exactly he is and track down the nonsense the artist guy makes a picture that looks surprisingly accurate. And Archie's like, can I get a copy of that? Um, a sketch artist? Well, okay. With a social worker? Well, they've got a missing child. I guess. But like, I'm also kind of like, Archie, you never thought to take a picture of the kid? You no. Know, you'll have smartphones. 
if they don't have smart users. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. It's Pembroke time and Hiram's here to harass Veronica. He's just like, oh, I want to bring somebody super important to your casino. Veronica's like, okay, fine. But if I help you get this client, you're going to shave 5% off my debt. And Hiram's like, I'll consider it. Well, there's that. But I have a real problem with this was brought up before. And it gets really real here because he's trying to bring in a playing card guy Mm -hmm. to come manufacture cards at the prison so the prisoners can get a small wage. And Veronica's like, that's really shady. And I'm like, no, that's fucking real and like actual true to life Mm -hmm. shit. Yeah. But y'all won't comment on it. Nope. Ugh. Mm. We talk about some of the bad things they do, but this whole prison thing is just insanity that they cannot figure that shit out. Well, part of the reason I think is they've gotten so much flack from the fan base and from critics about the prison that I think they're trying to figure out how to not have to show or fully do the prison. And I'm like, okay, good. But you got to f- clean this shit up because it is not good. I mean, on my end, I would rather you just lean into the stereotypes and deal with the, well, this is crap and be like, yeah, but it's a dumb television show. Okay. Well, this show has proven that it is not very good at getting the social message or commentary well. No. Like, this is going to seem super cheesy, but one day at a time is knocking this shit out of the park. No, they're amazing. Like, granted, that's a comedy show, different format, but they are taking everyday social controversies and using it as fodder. And how do we deal with it? How do we deal with this in these different dynamics with different generations? And they're doing it really well. And they're also making it funny. So get your shit together, Riverdale writers. All right, so we're at the nightclub and Gladys is drinking. And she starts talking to Veronica. She's like, you know, I used to perform at the White Worm. She just volunteers this information. She's been drinking. (laughs) Uh, I used to be kind of like Joan Jett of Riverdale, which is exactly who she's modeled to look like. I love it. So Veronica's like, oh, are you looking to make a comeback? I got an itch to scratch. Yeah, what do you think? Veronica just is like, okay, 5% off my debt if I let you do it. Gladys is like, I can make that work, knocks back her drink and leaves. And And Reggie just kind of looks at her and is like, all right, girl's got a plan. Veronica is very proud of herself. (sighs) You know, at least she has some direction. It's a stupid one, but she's got one. Josie sings alone at school. (laughs) She's practicing her music in the music room. Betty comes in to talk and she asks about Kevin. And Josie just like, yeah, I knew he was sneaking out, but I figured he was going to Fox Forest. But I guess he's going to the farmies. Hmm. So we go over to the Jones trailer. Jug and Archie are talking about Ricky. Archie just says, you know, hey, some gang members went after Ricky. Do you know anything about that? Didn't you get some new members? A bunch of gargoyles. And Jug is like, yeah, my mom did. And Archie's like, well, are they still playing G&G? And so now we're in the bunker. Secret bunker is not a secret if you keep telling more people about it. They only have seven locations on this show. They have to go back to it. Clearly. Well, this one's on a soundstage. It's not like you have to build new shit all the time. They all decided that they're going to go help Archie find this kid. Curse is like, fuck this shit. I'm not doing it. I got to go deal with drug shit. And he he leaves. And then some of the gargoyles are like, hey, we'll help. We'll help look. So Jughead is actually like starting to pull some of them to his side because like, oh, Jughead has a moral compass and this isn't just like doing drug shit. Oh, let's go find a kid who needs our help. 
I do enjoy fangs. They're gargoyles that are even crazier than you. Drew Tanner is just, <laughs> he is the most adorable comic relief in these moments. And I adore him. Drew Tanner and Jordan Connor, who play Sweet Pea, they're just so cute together. I just, I love it. All right. We're back at the nightclub. And now it's time for Gladys to sing. Hiram and his client are up front. And they are not amused by Gladys's singing. And she does not sound good in show. It's just very overwrought. And the client guy is heckling her. And it's getting really kind of gross. And Gladys Fondly's like, gets in his face. She pulls her knife out. She pulls her, just like- she pulls her knife out on him. And Reggie's like, okay, I got I to gotta go get rid of this guy. No, no, Reggie, you can't. The second the knife comes out, Veronica's like, okay. <laughs> okay, now go. <laughs> and the guy's like, kidding me? Cheekbones here is bouncing me. <laughs> and like Veronica's just like, yeah, you guys got to go. And Hiram just looks at her and it's like, I hope you didn't cost me a million dollar deal. This was an unnecessary scene. Yeah, it's just stupid. It's a filler scene of a minute to try to establish something that we already knew. Mm-hmm. Betty's creeping through the forest. She comes across the farmies. They're all dressed in white and there's a firewalk. And now it's Kevin's turn. And she runs up and starts yelling, don't do it, Kev, no, stop. And they're like, brother, Kevin, don't stop. Believe in yourself. Believe in the farm. Believe that the embers are a cool mountain stream. He makes it across. They all celebrate. You're purified. We are whole. We are one. We are one. This is gross, gross, gross. Cult, 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 cult. Oh my God, this is bad. Or it's a cult of Tony Robbins because this is like literally yeah. the least creepy thing that they could be doing. It is the, the least creepiest thing they could be doing, but it's still creepy because we know it's just building. Jughead finds Archie and is like, okay, everyone's going and looking for him, but there's Gargoyle Ground Zero. So they go to where they found Kurtz and we see that on the wall is a list of names and it's all the people we know that have been killed by G&G including the sisters it's got Ben it's got Dilton Doily and now it has Archie and Ricky D's name on it and so they're looking around and they find Ricky hiding behind the wall <sighs> now we're at the blue and gold office and Betty's just type type typing away and Kevin and Evelyn show up and one quick note, they're wearing basically identical clothing. She's got a vest on, but they're wearing the same colors because he is one of them now. <laughs> so they're like, you know, I wish you wouldn't have run off. I, you should have stayed. And Betty's just like, you guys want to go on record about what I saw? To quote myself, a dangerous cult of deluded teenagers who gather for occult-like self-harming activities. Well, Betty's turning into Alice. Yeah, it's in there. And so they say, you're not going to publish that. And Betty's like, why not? Evelyn looks at Kevin and like, you tell her. If you do, we'll tell everyone about the shady man your mom killed in the kitchen, how you and Jug had dumped his car in Sedlow Swamp, and how Mr. Jones dissolved his body with lye in the woods. Yep. And he delivers this line like a robot, and I love it. And Lily Reinhardt's, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Reaction is amazing. And just before they turn to leave, they go, remember, Betty, thanks to your mom, everyone at the farm knows all your dirty secrets. And they leave, and Betty slams her computer down and just grabs her face in frustration. Betty has been thinking that everything stops with her mom. With the house being taken away, Betty is starting to feel the consequences of her mom joining the farmies. 
But she just kept thinking she was just going to keep going on being Betty. And she can't. She cannot keep doing things the same way she has before because all of her shit's going to come out. The whole time I'm just like, just so mad that you wrote this story this way. Again, I've talked about how I could see it changing. I can appreciate, you know, okay, who's the most vulnerable of all of the characters we have? It's Kevin. It is. One of them was going to have to join. It's got to be Kevin. It makes the most sense. It just does. I don't like that, but it makes sense. You better save him, motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. We've got a musical episode coming. That boy's got to sing and dance. What if he's singing and dancing as part of the cult? Oh, I don't care. I want to see Casey Cott sing and dance. I fucking want that on this show. They've been teasing it. I deserve it. I want it. We're at the gym. Archie's showing Ricky how to box. You're not alone. That's it. Like, <laughs> like it's just like, don't be with the bad dudes. Like, it's going to be okay. Also, the more time we spend with Ricky and the more we watch him, Archie should see some weird dead look in his eyes. Like, something's off. There's something wrong with this kid. Well, it's one of those classic things where Ricky starts to talk and Archie just fills in the blanks and Ricky's like, "Uh uh-huh, that's what's happening. Well, because Ricky's a sociopath. Yeah, that's true. We go back to school. We're in a classroom with the serpents and they're like, okay, we found the kid. He's still in danger. And so is Archie. And so the serpents are like, okay, you know, what's our next play? And Jughead's like, okay, the hunters become the hunted. Kurt said something about rogue goyles. So you heckle and jekyll. Start talking. <laughs> and he's pointing to two former gargoyles who are kind of being chatty. I just love Heckle and Jekyll. Jekyll. Give me names now. Yeah, he's he's the substitute teacher mom who just can't get the kids to focus. That's who he is. Which is I love that which, Jughead. Which is funny. I hate intensity Jughead. Can we have more of sardonic Jughead, please? Tony runs in. He's like, Jughead, you need to come now. Kurtz is about to kill Fangs. We can go into the hallway. And Kurtz and another gargoyle are holding things over the stairwell. And he's just like, you'll fly too. And they drop him and Sweet Pea and Jughead kind of catch him and they all fall on the floor. Stop trying to kill Fangs Fogarty. It's just not nice. He's been shot. Try to kill Sweet Pea, okay? Kill him. Well, the logic makes sense because Fangs ratted out the gargoyle. So he the gargoyles are trying to get like, revenge. And- yeah, it, may- it makes sense. But don't kill Fangs. So now we're at the nightclub. <laughs> Gladys is behind the bar helping herself. <laughs> and Veronica's like, excuse me, are you bartending now? Your boy toy makes watery drinks. And so she's just like, this is ridiculous. And then Hiram is showing around another client talking like, I always wanted a casino, even picked out the light fixtures myself. And Veronica is furious. So she goes to Reggie, who's at the bank. How is our money going? He's like, actually, it's doubled. And she's like, okay, I need to dip into some of our profits for tactical reasons. Hmm. We go back to the Andrews home. Ricky's in Archie's room. He's putting on his Letterman jacket. Throwing red flags all over the place. Yeah, exactly. This is not This is not cool. Archie comes and is like, oh, that's cool. Whatever. You can have it. Let's go meet my dad. I talked to him. We're going to find you a place to live permanently with a good family that we're going to meet. Like Archie's going about this in a very grown up, mature way. He's stupid. But like Fred will say later, you, know, you just got a big heart. And that's OK. I love big heart Archie. He <laughs> just happens to coincide with big dumb Archie, too. Now we're back at the sheriff's office with, you know, tired, hardworking sheriff FP. And Jughead's just complaining. If I hadn't broken his fall, he would have snapped his neck or even worse. 
You got to take drastic action, boy. And words aren't going to do it. And so Jughead's like, okay, I got an idea. Mobilizing that gang search for Archie gave me an idea. So did you. <laughs> FP looks, I'm like, ah, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> no, nothing good's coming of this. Nope. We head back to Pops and it's a Veronica and Tony meeting. Veronica's like, look, I'd like to offer the Pretty Poisons full-time employment. Tony's like, my girls aren't waitresses, which is fair. And Veronica says, no, no, no. Gladys Jones and my dad, they act like they own the place. And I feel like they're going to cost me my business and my sanity. (laughs) So I need muscle. And that's why I would like the Pretty Poisons. I have an advance. If you have to run this idea by Cheryl. That won't be necessary. Yeah, that pissed Tony off. Not in a, she's mad at Veronica, but now Tony's like, oh, everyone thinks that this gang belongs to Cheryl because that's how she's behaving. Mm-hmm. So no, we're done with that. Yes. So they've got a deal. And Veronica takes a big old sip of her chocolate milkshake. They cheers milkshakes and just en- enjoy sipping them like they're like they don't have a care in the world. Cute. Uh, we're at the Cooper house. Alice is packing shit up. She sold it. We're in escrow. But it's like, who? I don't know. In true Riverdale fashion, some anonymous buyer. Someone overseas, I'm sure. That's going to come back to us for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had two thoughts about that. Uh Uh-oh. It's Kevin's mom. Full on Kevin's mom. Full on Kevin's mom. Because she could be coming back. That would complicate things and bring us a new grown-up. Or? Or it's Edgar. He likes the house and he wants it. Hmm. Because you know Alice isn't trying to make any money off of it. She's just trying to get rid of it. So cheap land grab. I also had another thought just now was that it's Mary. Mary Andrews. The house next door to Fred. She's coming back to Riverdale to live. What better place to live than next door to her son? Could be. Could be. Could work. I won't lie. Part of me thinks that they don't know who's buying the house, and that's going to be one of the ways that they bring Mary back if they do decide to kill off Fred. Yeah. We're back to the classroom, because apparently this is the classroom episode, and this time we've got FP. Kurtz just looks up at FP. What What the the hell is he doing here? I made the invitation. So basically, they're going to deputize the serpents to become partners with the Riverdale Sheriff's Department. They'll work for FP, help them with investigations, be eyes and ears in the community, and in return, you'll get paid and you'll receive school credit to help you apply for college. Fangs and Sweet Pea make the most adorably dumb faces. It's yeah, man, college credit. Woohoo! Go <laughs> like it's the most adorable and sad thing at the same time. We're in a fucking gang. Kurtz is clearly not cool with this, but. Jughead's just like, look, this is about bringing order to ensure our survival. This is going to be a brand new chapter for the serpents, and we can't be divided about it. So let's put it to a vote. And FP just like, and if it's not unanimous, there's the damn door. And Kurtz gets up and leaves. Power play achieved. Correct. Good riddance. And then then Sweepy's like, do we get to carry guns? Absolutely not. (laughs) Like FP's just instantly like, no. Great. Uh, we go to the Andrews house, and this is where shit goes down. Mm-hmm. They're playing video games. Archie gets a phone call, so he gets up and he goes, and it's Miss Weiss. And she's like, okay, I looked into it. Ricky's full name is Ricardo DeSantos. He's Joaquin's little brother. 
You need to know that his file shows Ricky has a history of violent behavior and self-harm. Where is he now? And Archie's like, oh, he's at my house. Miss Weiss like, be careful. I'll call you back. He goes back and Ricky's not there. Twist! Yeah, oh my goodness. The creepy kid is gone. (laughs) So he's like walking through. He looks in a closet and then he shuts the door and he turns around. There's Ricky there and he's got a knife. Ricky's the one who branded himself and he's got to kill Archie so that the gargoyles will protect him. And, you know, Archie's like, no, man, you don't have to do this. And he slashes Archie and then he runs off. And just as Fred comes in, so cut to Fred helping patch Archie up. And he's just like, I'm sorry, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> Fred's I'm like, an idiot, Dad. Fred's like, you're not an idiot, son. You just got a big heart. He takes a pause there before big heart, which I don't think was intentional. But I do think there was a little bit of Fred going, yeah, you're kind of dumb, kid. You're not an idiot. You <laughs> just got a big heart. <laughs> Fred's like, you know, you think he'll come back? And Archie's like, with my luck, definitely. <laughs> Archie gained perspective. He'll be back with his friends. Yeah, probably at a worse time with his friends. (laughs) And like, I I do appreciate that. Like, even Archie knows. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I I have no good luck here. Never. No. You know, they finish patching him up. He gets up and Fred picks up the G&G card that says kill the red paladin. (gasps) Shock. Oh, my God. So now we head back to Cheryl's room and Tony's getting dressed for the job. She's like, are you going to come by tonight, babe? No, I'll pass. Feeling a little under the weather? We'll see you later. I'll be asleep. And Cheryl's just pouting. She's not wearing any lipstick. And she's just she's just pissed about this whole thing. And I know why she's pissed. Because Tony made a decision about the gang without her. Well, she's pissed, but she's also like... I'm going to get back at you for this. No, but there's also something like half catatonic creepy about it, too. Something very ominous besides just the normal pouty bitchiness mm-hmm. that we might see from Cheryl, there's something much darker going on in her head right there. Oh, sure. But there's also a little bit of this poor little me, because Cheryl's not the actual leader of the gang. She thinks she is, but when it comes down to it, she's not. All she has to offer these girls are material things. Cheryl needs to go to jail. She also needs to go broke. Uh, we're at Pop's. And there is a line for the door. And Gladys just waltzes in. And With a fucking beer in her hand. And she's just going to go right down to Le Bon Nuit. And Tony and I think her name is Peaches. The girl who keeps blowing bubblegum. She's fucking great. She's awesome. Please give her some more lines. I would love her to be Tony's like lieutenant. She needs to be her sweet pea. Mm-hmm. Her sweet pea and her fangs. That would be awesome. We need that. I don't need any romance between any of them. She just needs, a, she needs some lines. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, sorry, can't let you in without an engraved invitation. Who's going to stop me? And Veronica steps up wearing an almost identical jacket to Gladys. Because <laughs> she's here to be like, uh-uh. I've hired these young ladies here to block your admittance to my establishment until you learn to play by my rules. And so she's just kind of like, mm-hmm. And so she walks away. And then Hiram is like, Miha, I hope you save my favorite booth. Not so fast. You're no longer welcome. Not until you start showing me proper respect. And don't try to flex your financial hold over me. I'll pay you back like we agreed. But now I'm running my business my way. So like, this is kind of ridiculous. But I do like that Veronica is sticking up for herself. Well, Veronica's basically saying like, you're gonna get your fucking money. 
don't try and own the place too. Treat me with respect. No, I mean, she's a fucking 16-year-old girl. I, she doesn't deserve an ounce of respect. But she has saved his ass a lot. She's just this little pawn for him. She, and I, I like she's sticking up for him. But again, stop fucking calling him daddy. <laughs> just stop it. She's asking for the bare minimum amount of respect to be like, I don't mind hosting your VIPs, but treat my place right. That's all. Pay your bill. Pay your bill. Treat the place right. Mm-hmm. And I'll be more than happy to host you. I'll comp yeah. you some drinks. Who cares? But just like, show me an ounce of fucking yeah. respect. Correct. So now we're back at the Cooper house and Betty is sitting in her room and she has her hand. She's holding it over a candle. Alice comes in with boxes. Hey, I'm going for bubble wrap. I expect progress when I get back. So then we see Betty, you know, she's walking down the stairs and she walks into the living room. She's holding this candle. She's very, she's into her own little trance. Sup, dark Betty. Yeah, dark Betty's there. We cut over to the drug house, wherever this lair was and jughead's brought all the serpents and archie and they're like okay a fresh coat of paint couple atomic bombs and this place will be a nice new hq for the improved serpents that gets a chuckle out of archie i like it yeah he's you know he's staring at his name on the wall and he's just like you know i i'm marked for death let my guard down for a second and people come out of the woodwork to try and kill me and he's just like you know I don't know what to do with this. And Jughead's like, maybe it's time we make it come to a head because you're apparently still playing this game. And Archie's just like, will you help me? And Jughead's like, obviously. And he actually like wipes away tears. Like, he's getting choked up because this is not fun. And Betty has shown up. and She's like, count me in too. We're here for you, Arch. Betty just walks in. was like, what the? Of course she knows where Jughead is. She's probably tracking his phone. Ha ha ha. Jughead makes a comment, you're looking cheery. And she's like, yeah, I guess I feel better about a lot of things. And we cut to Alice coming home. And she walks in. She's like, Betty, Betty. And she turns into the living room. And the living room has been set ablaze. Riverdale. Oh, shit, dark Betty. Well, setting fires is apparently in the blossom blood. I, I'm okay her with house it. house on fire. Drastic times call for drastic measures. I don't, I don't know. Like, I get it, but I also don't like it. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> but it was a pretty good episode. Of course, we got the uh, In Memoriam for Luke Perry. They're going to do that for the rest of the season. Makes sense. They have already adjusted their release schedule, according to IMDb, for those last three episodes. So it looks like there's going to be a little two-week break. Now, it is IMDb, so those can get updated as, you know, randomly. But as of right now, it's there's a two-week break in there. And yeah, and so there's no word yet on what they're doing about the Fred character. I really think the best option, and I know it's going to make a lot of fans unhappy, is to recast Fred. And I think at this point, we're so far gone with it that you need to figure out a different way and rework it so that you kill him off. My, I think I think you bring Mary back instead. Well, yeah, you're going to bring Mary back. Molly Ringwald did post a picture of the Riverdale set, her chair at Riverdale. Now, that could be an old photo or it could be a recent one. It would make sense for her to be back. But I feel like the thing that has to take precedence is what tells the best story for Archie. And for Archie, his moral compass is his dad. No matter what the bullshit we've gone through with him, particularly this season, the person that he goes to to talk to about all this stuff is his dad. And I feel like if you kill him off, he is beyond rudderless and you're basically killing Archie. I would caveat that Mm -hmm. with Tom Keller. 
but Tom is not, he's just not there. We just got to wait and see which way they decide to go. I would understand both decisions, to be honest. No, I, either way. I get it. I just kind of feel like this is one of those, like, we got to suspend some disbelief. I mean, we changed Reggie's and we just keep going. And it's like, oh, man, I really liked Ross Butler. Okay, now we've got Charles Melton. But I feel like you will do do a disservice to the character of Archie, which they've already put through the ringer to kill his dad. So I guess now I got to go watch some next time on. Indeed. Mm -hmm. For episode 50. Mm -hmm. So you'll hear a little bit of music. We'll have just watched the next time on and then we'll give our quick thoughts about that. But if you want to head out now, you can go give us a review and rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you need a little bit more of us, if you want to get our instant takes on Fridays after episodes air, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash Macintosh and Mod at the $2 and up level. You'll get all of our past stuff, all of our exclusive content to all of our podcasts, including our Patreon exclusive coverage of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yes, all 11 episodes are available now. So if you join, you get to listen to all of them in one go. Yes. All right. Okay, well, that looks fun. <laughs> we're, we're finally going to get the Alice Gladys FP issue discussed. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not we find anything out, that's probably no, but we're going to at least talk about it. Well, there's also some gossip about Gladys. Of course, there's definitely some overlap there between those relationships. There's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> Jughead's hosting some more G&G. But more importantly... Cute. Archie's going to battle a bunch of people. Well, he's in the costume. Rest. They talked about bringing it to a head, yeah. and I think the point is people want to come for the Red Paladin. All right, let's Here's do your this. Avenue to do so, but way more people show up than they think are going to. Yeah. With Jughead's line, well, thus continues our nerdiest mystery yet. Yes, <laughs> it looks very fun and a little more not like playful, but it's just kind of like all right. I would enjoy a lighter fluffier yet still investigating the facts type thing i i'm also going to throw out a prediction that this being the 50th episode we're going to see the number 50 and or a birthday cake somewhere in this episode that would be smart which would be cute they just titled this episode american dreams just a few weeks ago yeah for a long time it was just Just 50 50. and then of course the episode following that is going to be the musical episode Mm. called big fun I think what we're going to get here is less that, you know, they're putting out this open call for anybody to fight, mm-hmm. but they're trying to find the actual actual gargoyle well, operatives amongst all the, the G&G dorks out there. The Ur-King. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying yeah. to figure out who's the actual person. And in order to do that, they've got to, you know, deal with a bunch of goobers. It looks fun. Like, this is one of those was like. Oh, not like dark and creepy. I'm sure that'll be the very end cliffhanger of the episode. But it just looks like, oh, this looks like this is going to be fun. They need some fun. And I like those episodes. Give them credit where credit is due. They've done a good job of mixing in the kind of goofier or Mm -hmm. more set PC episodes in with their deep, dark, you know, 
twisting all the stuff around. Or like if stuff. one is being super dark, we've got another character over here being silly. They've balanced things out a little better this uh, They're season. doing a better, like overall, compared to season two, this is light years better. Despite our problems, this is this season has been a thousand times better than season two. Our complaints are not about the story. Our complaints about are about certain characters. Well, execution of concepts. Yeah. That's our biggest issue. Like, I'm fine with this conflict. I'm fine with this. I'm just not happy with how you're doing it. So, yeah, still like Riverdale. Still going to keep going. This this isn't the week that we're going to quit. Yeah, I guess. It's, it's going to take a lot more. <laughs> Let's just be honest, it is. Until next time. Hashtag Go, Go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.